The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show whose tire treads have just cooled down. <laughs> My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, that's what I get for taking five days off. <laughs> which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for spending part of your day or doing your part to support your local <laughs> mediocre internet show. I can't take five days off. I can't. Um, I'm sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 31st birthday today. Happy birthday to World Cup champion Jerome Botang. Sure. Okay. okay. One today. Okay. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. No, yeah. That's, wrong with that. that's right. a good player. Yeah. First, yeah. first four through the door. Brent Holman, Paul Roberts, Ryan Kohanek. I'll get your name right eventually, probably. And Tony Blaylock. And sing to my right... QPR 2 to my Sheffield Wednesday 1. Our West African friends, Sishville Johnson. It's happening. Let's go. <laughs> Give me all that going up juice. <laughs> I'm taking all that promotion juice, and I'm just pouring in the cup. Uh, Fill up my cup with promotion juice. <laughs> Eighth right now. Uh, and on the table. It's, it's, it's going. It's happening. Uh, Jordan Hugill. Jordan Hugill is the name to know. He has been, like, I think he's got, like, Five goals already? Okay. Awesome. Okay. Plus, we've got our, our, our sweet Nigerian prince, Barry Eze, who mm-hmm. just got called up to the England 21s. Nice. So, things are going pretty good for <laughs> your West London boys. Uh, today is Monday, September 3rd, 2019, 86 days. I also like how Ishmael's intro was fundamentally all about me and my <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ish. It's fine. You're excited. Hello, Ish. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Good. <laughs> Today is Monday, September 3rd, 2019, 86 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 808, 808, Rick Reichart's OPS in his illustrious Washington Senators career from 107 games in 1970. On today's show, guys, this is, so the first week of the season is always weird for this program and for our kind of schedule Mm -hmm. because uh, we take Monday off because Monday is Labor Day and we're celebrating unions. Um, are we going to unionize? We'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, but we're celebrating <laughs> unions. And so the things that we normally do on Monday are a little bit post-date, but we've still got to get some other stuff done. So here's what we're going to do. We're basically going to do our Monday show today minus the rankings reveal because the rankings are already revealed. So we're going to have Monday morning fallout, Monday morning fallout, in scare quotes. <laughs> uh, we're going to have the – we're going to announce all of our superlatives, Mr. Texas Football Coach of the Week, Player of the Week, or uh, Coach of the Week, Team of the Week, Assistant Coach of the Week, all that fun stuff. Uh, and then we're going to debut a new segment. Uh, longtime viewers of the show may remember that we would normally do the uh, Power Poll. We have bequeathed the Power Poll to Republic of Football. So if you're interested in, in the Power Poll and the rankings of the 12 FBS teams in Texas, uh, re- subscribe to Republic of Football, our college football podcast starring Shahan J. Raja and uh, Ishmael Johnson. Uh, so instead, we're going to do the campus crawl, where which is totally different. Sure. Because we're going to talk about the 12 FPS teams in the state. Of I hear there will be bits. There will be bits. Oh, we'll good. We'll explain those bits coming Thank up here in just a goodness. little bit. Uh, extremely quick. Um, Max, did you go into any games? 
this week? No, I watched them all on TV. You watched them all on yeah. TV. Did you go to any games this week? Watched them all on TV. I was great. two. Yeah. I went to Mason. You got to go to the fun ones. I went to Mason. Guys, if Mason, Texas is not on your bucket list, you need to put it on your bucket list right now. That is as spectacular a football town and a football stadium as it is. It's it just, looked like you didn't have any fun. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Everything about it screams Texas high school football. Mm-hmm. And you know, an underrated thing about Mason, mm-hmm. and Wall, by the way, put it on him. An underrated thing about Mason, they're a one-color town. Oh, yeah. In the uh, sense really, that yeah. it's purple. For example, Max, you yes. covered Lake Travis for years. Right. What's Lake Travis's color? Uh, whatever a town by a lake looks like. Red, right? black, white. As you get closer it's, to the high school, black and red sort of starts to pop up. Right. right. It's black yeah. and red. What I love about Mason we're the freaking purple team. <laughs> That's what we are. Everything's purple. Yeah. There's no, there's yeah. no, like, you know, there, there's no way to get it twisted yeah. when you're in Mason. It's just, everyone's got the flags out. They got the, it's, it's so, like, I can't describe it. It's like football nirvana. And the Puncher Dome is unbelievable. My only complaint is that, as I got mentioned to you guys, is that we never really got to hear it, like, rolling. Mm-hmm. Like, we never got to hear them go up 7 nothing and then get a third down. Yeah. And it's like, when the, the, the wave comes. Instead, Walt put it on them. It was it was really impressive. That was great. Then we went to uh, Sherman for the Battle of the Axe. And again, a singular high school football experience. That is, I don't think we're breaking any news when I tell you that I don't think Sherman or Denison are going to win state championships this year. Mm-hmm. And I think both fan bases are understanding of that. And so this is their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially when it's week one, when people are already amped up for football and they just want to see it, yeah. to have your biggest game of the year in week one was unbelievable. Outstanding scene. Uh, I think Fox Sports Southwest, uh, uh, you know, full disclosure, I'd cash checks from them. Uh, but I think they killed it. I think it was an, an unbelievable experience. And um, I don't know. They, they told me, so they had to build in Mason. Um, I did go up in the press box. The one on top of the puncher dome. Okay. You didn't fall off the roof. I went through with Kate Hector, our friend Kate Hector oh, from nice. UIL. Nice. Um, because we were like, somebody needs to witness our deaths. And so, like, if one of us <laughs> So we go up there. A lot less rickety than you think. Okay. okay. But uh, there was certainly no place to put a, uh, a uh, broadcast crew. They had to build a scaffolding for them. Yeah. For Mark Fowler and Shea Walker. Oh, right. really? And, yeah. yeah. And wow. it was it was really, really cool. I don't know. The whole experience, the whole week was great. Uh, and so uh, Fox Sports Southwest, I think, killed it on uh, Texas Football Days. Thanks for watching. We appreciate it. It uh, puts food in my tummy. Max, it's been a while, but... Oh, baby, you ready? Hit that air raid siren. Time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout, where we overreact to the football weekend. And look, it's week one. Plenty to overreact to, right? Plenty to overreact to. Let's start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, recalibration. Uh, so we spend, a, obviously we spend a lot of the off season and a lot of, a lot of just thinking about football mm-hmm. and projecting forward and we analyze and we overanalyze and we over, over, overanalyze and things like that. And then we finally get data points. And for some of them, for some teams, the data points fit right in line with what we were thinking, right? Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, we thought Newton was going to be fine. Guess what? Newton's going to be fine, okay? Uh, <laughs> examples like that. Uh, examples like, um, ba, 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 who am I thinking? We thought Highland Park was going to be yeah. pretty good. Yeah. They survive a, a game against Rockwall in 6A, or 6A team. 
Um, but then we also had, I think, a fair amount of data points that shook our system. For example, we had four state champions lose in week one. Four. Now, I don't know if I would characterize any of them necessarily as upsets. Katie beat North Shore. Uh, I think we all viewed that as a 51-49 type game. I think North Shore was the favorite, but even but especially without Shadrick Banks, mm-hmm. I think that you saw that they are not the same team when they don't have that explosive passing element. Right. Uh, we also had Alito go down to Denton Geyer. Uh, Alito snaps the third longest regular season winning streak. Um, they lose to Denton Geyer. But again, that's a 6A over 5A. And as a result, we've had some people ask, how can Alito still be number one in our rankings in 5A Division II? Um, because I think that in a lot of ways, they were so far ahead of everyone else. They were kind of leaps and bounds, I think, the best team, the team to beat in 5A Division II. I think the gap has narrowed between them and the field. But I'm not ready to say they're not the best team in 5A Division II. Yeah, and I think if you look at it, there's just not a win on that list by the other teams chasing them that's more impressive than a three-point loss to a top 10 6 team. That's exactly right. I and mean, and we and to me, this is that that speaks really well for what we've got for uh, for Denton Geyer, a team we had a lot of questions about when we ranked them. But obviously, you go and you beat Alito, that's impressive. We also, had, as we mentioned, Mason lose to Wall, snap their 38-game home winning streak at the Puncher Dome. They haven't lost since 2010. The quarterback Matthew Kerr was eight years old the last time that they that they lost at home. <laughs> but Wall put it on them, and guys, we're gonna get to them in a moment. Wall, uh huh. <laughs> um, and then in six man, Borden County beat Strawn. That is not an upset. Borden County is a Division One team over a Division Two team. Uh, Borden County is a ranked. Uh, D1 team and actually Strawn lost that game last year so that's not really an upset but we had all these recalibrations and so keep in mind when you're looking at our rankings which are distributed by the Associated Press and on TexasFootball.com right now remember that we're still gathering data and we're trying to figure things out I think we don't want to be too overreactive in our rankings Um, but we certainly had a little bit of recalibration in week one that's thought number one thought number two resurgence question mark (laughs) Uh, what I mean by that is in college ranks I think overall, and I want to get your take on this, mm-hmm. I think overall is a pretty good week in the college ranks for Texas teams. Yeah. On the whole, I would say there's a lot of encouraging things that we saw from a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. There are teams that I think underachieved. I think that I think Houston didn't look great in their in their loss to Oklahoma. They kept it close-ish, but... They are fine. They, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, anyone, I mean, Texas State... You know, I thought actually thought the defense played defense okay. Defense was fine. Defense was fine. Yeah. But they were playing A&M. They were overmatched. Right. But pretty much everyone else. I think TCU's offense is a little bit cause for concern, but not crazy. But let's run off the teams that we were impressed by. Mm-hmm. Were you impressed by Texas Tech? Absolutely impressed by Texas Very Tech. Very impressed <laughs> by Texas Tech in the Matt Wells debut. Yep. Were you impressed by Baylor? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Right. Baylor took care of business. Were you impressed by Rice? I was really impressed by Rice. I did not expect that game to be that close. I don't know whether to take that as Rice being good or Army probably not being as good as we probably thought. You shut your mouth. (laughs) It could be both. I'm going to say that Rice is actually a secret Cusa contender because Army's always great. Yes, thank you. Um, (laughs) I sports troops. I sports troops. Um, uh, Were you impressed by North Texas? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, they, they took their foot off the gas. Right. But pretty impressed they by played them. They, were up, they played like they were up by 50 when they were only up by, like, what, three scores? <laughs> were you impressed by UTSA? I was probably the most impressed by UTSA. Yeah. Frank Harris is the truth. Uh-huh. And I kind of feel stupid forever thinking that they would ever lose that game to UIW. A&M, Texas, I think both 
took care of business. Yep. I, I, you know, I think that they they performed as well as they should in a week one warm up ish. Mm-hmm. Go now going into mega matchups yep. for this Saturday. Overall, and you think about it, it's been a while since we've had a really good year of college football in the state of Texas. Like mm-hmm. overall, a really good year. Maybe in Pretty week good. one, maybe things are trending in the right way. And number three, relaxation. I didn't do any of that this weekend. It's a long week. But if you are... You didn't even f- grill? Come on. You, I did grill. Yeah, see? You got to look real <laughs> in. Yeah. If you are a football fan, it's been one week. Guys, everything's okay. <laughs> there is a lot of noise in week one. A lot of noise. The, 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 the challenge is to separate the signal from the noise. If your team went out there and looked really, really bad in week one, figure out what it is that's wrong, but also know that these games don't count. They're basically non-district. They're, they're almost, and yeah, I think all of them are non-district games. I don't think anybody opens with district. And there's plenty of time to fix it. You don't have to be a finished product right now. That goes for high school and college, by the way. Don't have to be a finished product. So, chill. It's okay. We might, we might, be, worried, we might be saying we're worried about you right now, but there's no need to panic. Don't hit the panic button in this Monday morning fallout where we overreact to everything from the football weekend. <laughs> Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Ennis defensive end Jarvian Williams. 16 tackles, six tackles for loss, and two sacks in Ennis's. Did you guys see this? Yes. Ennis's win over Walks and Hatchie, the mm-hmm. battle of 287. Not bad. It's a really nice win for Sam Harrell and company. Yeah. Good win for the Lions, and Jarvian Williams, a big reason why. A helmet sticker for Texas Tech quarterback Allen Bowman. I watched a fair amount of this game mm-hmm. um, because it's on Fox Sports Southwest, and I support my employer. Uh, but I, I, I watched a fair amount of this game, and let me tell you guys, if you, it, it's okay, really and truly, it is okay if you forgot about Alan Bowman because he's been hurt because mm-hmm. he had a collapsed lung, right? It's okay if you forgot about him. But it is time to remember him because this dude is legit. 40 for 53, 436 yards and two touchdowns. And that doesn't tell the story. To me, he was razor, razor, razor sharp. Did everything you want to ask from him. I know it's against Montana State. I know it's against Montana State. But if you were having questions about the Texas Tech offense under Matt Wells, I don't think you have to worry. They looked really good, and Alan Bowman was a big reason why. And a helmet sticker to SNS Consolidated kicker Susie Griffin. I tweeted about this. Our, our outstanding photographer, Kelly Guest-Basting, was out at SNS Consolidated and Paradise. And Susie Griffin kicked for SNS Consolidated. She was the kicker for the Rams. At halftime, she played the saxophone and, and she performed with the cheerleaders. That is versatility. <laughs> that is impressive. And so we've got. I tweeted photos of of, of all three of those. Mm-hmm. Kelly g- got great photos of all three of the, her kicking, her cheering, and her uh, playing saxophone. Super awesome. We've seen that. I've never seen people do more than two things. Right. right? It's always taking off the pads, performing in the band. Yes, exactly. And that's it. Right. Something. But that is super impressive. Susie Griffin uh, of SNS Consolidated gets a helmet sticker from me. Three teams to watch. Wall. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not just going on the road and doing something that nobody's done since 2010 and beating Mason at the Puncher Dome. This is a team that is big. They have a quarterback in Mason Fuchs, which is a huge bear trap last week. 
books. Um, they have, but th- between him, he is an operator. Oh my gosh. That guy is in complete command of that offense. And, you know, coming into the year, we were having, we had questions about Brock, right? Mm-hmm. We had questions, but we said, you know what? Benefit of the doubt, even though they're reloading, they got to be the favorite in region one, in right. three division one. Mm-hmm. Still? <laughs> Still? Mm-hmm. Because it was 10 nothing Brownwood is who won that game with Brock. Meanwhile, Wall goes on the road, and I know Brock lost to a 4A, and um, and Wall beat a 2A. But they also pummeled that 4A last it. year. Right. <laughs> I I am willing. If you want to, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll spoil something for the computer rankings. that go up after the after the, the show today on TexasFootball.com. Wall's number one. Okay? Yeah. They were super, the computer's super impressive what Wall did, so keep an eye on them. Uh, Rice. Mm. I know they're own one but that was about as good as you could hope for. Going up to West Point and uh, only losing fourteen to seven, and that game is seven to seven in the fourth quarter. Oh, they were so close. They were so close. They were so close. Oh, my only my only thought is they had an entire offseason the game playing for the triple option, mm-hmm. right? That's the one thing is that they had sure. like unlimited time to prepare for the triple option. They right. were really good at it. Mm-hmm. I want to see who do they play this week. Um, I do not know. I want to see what they do uh, this week. Uh, let me see who does food play. Rice <laughs> plays uh, Wake Forest. Yeah, at home. Okay. So at home. Challenge them. Sure. You challenge them. Different t- style of offense. You challenge them. I'm willing to hop on board. Look, they're probably starting 0-5, right? Army, Wake, Texas, Baylor, Louisiana Tech. But we've talked about how Conference USA is there for the taking. And I think that they are I think they are they're ready. I think they have made strides. And it's not just because we love Mike Bloomgren. I think they've made strides. That was very encouraging to me. Another team to watch or another team to watch is Arlington Martin. Ooh, boy. Um, if you were looking for the biggest shock of the weekend, oh yeah, I think it's I think it's Arlington Martin over Lake Travis, oh. and it's not that it happened; it's how it oh, happened. Yeah. Arlington Martin dropped the hammer on LT. Yeah, thirty-five fourteen. Look, Arlington, on the road, on the road. Arlington Martin has had great teams in the past. Miles Garrett can attest to that. Mm-hmm. They have had great teams in the past. They've got a great coach in Bob Wager. We were not anticipating this, and Arlington Martin is certainly a team to keep an eye on. And suddenly, Thursday night against Hebron Ooh. gets real saucy. Yeah, real saucy. There's three teams to watch. Three teams to worry about. Do we want to worry about San Angelo Central? <laughs> oh, that was not great, guys. Yeah. Um, San Angelo Central uh, plays. Uh, they they host, if I remember correctly, Colleen uh, Shoemaker. And uh, it did not go well. <laughs> or no, not, not yeah, um, yeah. It did not, not go well. Yeah. 54 to 21 was the final. Uh, yeah. That is, ooh, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. The defense is more concerning to me than the offense. Mm-hmm. The defense, giving up 54 points is, that's not good. Uh, they are actually, we'll have a piece coming up with our computer rankings. They are one of the biggest fallers in our computer rankings. Um, remember, this is the team that started the year number 50 in, six, in, in 6A. Uh, they are not in the top 50 anymore. No. That way. No. Um, UTEP. Um, Houston <laughs> Baptist is a, an FCS team, and they're not a great one. I think they went 1-10 last year. Uh, and basically, UTEP had to scratch and claw to get the win. Now, I know that in El Paso, wins are wins are wins are wins are wins. Mm-hmm. You just take them, however you can get them. But... That is not super encouraging. I hope that they sort things out, and I hope they get things kind of moving in the right direction. Because I, I had, I have, and maintain hopes for a UTEP resurgence this year. Sure. 
That was not encouraging in week one. Uh, and then Brock, we mentioned it. Uh, it's not that they lost to Brownwood because, look, I think we were talking about this, Max, that, yeah. that Brownwood's got tradition and they got a great coach in Sammy yeah. Burnett. Yep. Uh, we love Sammy Burnett. But Sammy Burnett would admit that he's an offensive guy, not a defensive guy. Yeah. And so to lose 10 nothing is concerning. And in 3A Division One, if they're not going to take the reins of, of Region 1, then it looks like there are plenty of contenders like Wall who can up and grab it. And then 3 to C. Three games to watch this week. Um, uh, Katie and Umbla Tascasita. Another spoiler alert. This is a matchup of the number one and number two teams in 6A hey, in ooh. our computer rankings. Uh, Tascasita looked great in their win over uh, over Katie Taylor. And then Katie, of course, coming off a win over Galena Park North Shore. And another thing that's worth mentioning. Remember this game last year? Mm-hmm. Tascasita ran out to a big lead. And we were we were sitting here looking around going, oh my God, is Katie going to be owned too? Right. Uh, Katie ended up coming back. Tascasita wants their pound of flesh. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a very interesting game. Uh, Katie and Tascasita. Uh, A&M and Clemson. Uh, we have a team in the state of Texas that is going to play the defending national champs. Uh, A&M is chirping. Have you seen all these all these quotes from yesterday? Actually, no, I have not. Oh, they uh, yeah. they had at least two guys guarantee a actually, victory. I actually think it's kind of a genius strategy since, sure, because, since because of the hurricane, the game's never going to happen anyway. Ooh, you know what? I never thought of that. Yeah, it's like I, you have to wonder if like uh, the meteorologists at A&M, of which they have many yes. talented ones. Don't they have get, a very good meteorology school? They're not as good as Oklahoma, but we don't talk about that state. But anyway, that's weather nerd. <laughs> that's weather nerd me. That's the Mike Trout in me coming out. Yeah. But anyway, I, I half wonder if someone over there is like, this game's never going to happen, so why don't you guys just talk about how much Clemson sucks? <laughs> um, they have been talking their mess. Yeah. And look. It was a good result against Texas State. I would not say a great result. Right. Uh, they looked good. They're going to have to be Probably great. Probably show much. They're Don't need yeah, to. Yeah, I'm sure. Clemson's going to be like, oh, we can play over here in Tennessee. And it's like, no, no, no. We no, can't no, play. Oh, no, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> we really actually, wanted we to go to a, Death Valley. We actually built a dome. Oh, no, no. We did not agree to this. Uh, no, I think it'll be an interesting game. Uh, that's a, that's the Saturday afternoon extravaganza. <laughs> um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. A and M is calling their shot. I'd love to see it. That'd yep. be a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, and finally, uh, awesome neutral site game. Wheeler yeah. and Hamlin are playing in Childress. I believe this is a game that both teams, um, both teams had opponents that either went JV or dropping a six man, or they they don't have an opponent, and so mm-hmm. they're kind of both left on the dance floor. They're like, you you want to go? <laughs> and so they're playing at Fair Park Stadium in Childress. Uh, I don't know where Childress is playing this week. Uh, but if you are in Childress and you're not you're not going to that game, uh, this is an outstanding game. So we learn Hamlin, and that is Monday morning fallout, the 2019 debut. Good job. It's good to be back man. on a Tuesday. Oh, hey man. We are at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com, TexasFootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star. State. All right. A lot of business to attend. Oh, buddy. Here we go. <clears throat> Let me find my talking points. <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo, and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon... <laughs> 
TexasFootball.com will announce the tin cans for that week's war. We announced it on, yeah, we announced it on, like, it's on the site. It is. That's uh, true. Every Monday at noon, TexasFootball.com will announce tin cans for that week's award based on their previous week's on-field performance. It is then up to you to vote at TexasFootball.com. Uh, voting closes each uh, Friday at noon, with the winner being announced shortly thereafter on TexasFootball.com. Your 10 nominees for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week award. Mount Enterprise running back Kendra Miller. 14 carries. Remember that that number. 14 <laughs> carries. 417 yards and seven touchdowns for Kendra Miller Pretty good. of Mount Enterprise. Pretty good. Sonora running back and linebacker Brock Ashenbeck, a name to know. 306 yards and five touchdowns rushing and 15 tackles. Good day at the office for Bro- uh, Brock Ashenbeck. Same goes for Lindsey quarterback Colt Shuckers. Great name. <laughs> 397 yards, six touchdowns passing, and a touchdown on the ground for the Knights. El Paso Hanks wide receiver Michael Blanco. Seven catches, 296 yards. Five touchdowns and return to kickoff for a touchdown. Hanks doing work. Highland Park quarterback Chandler Morris, 474 yards passing, 180 yards touching, nine uh, rushing rather, nine total touchdowns. Decent. They needed every bit of it too against Rockwall, uh, but Chandler Morris up for Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. So is his counterpart, Rockwall wide receiver Jackson Smith Jigba, <laughs> caught 12 passes for 269 yards and three scores and ran the ball for 40 yards. Down to Laredo we would go. Laredo United quarterback Wyo Huerta threw for 428 yards and six touchdowns and had a touchdown on the ground. Bridgeland wide receiver Dylan Goffney. I love this one. Four catches, 215 yards, and four touchdowns. His catch-to-touchdown ratio on the year is one-to-one. Pretty good. He does not have any catches that haven't been in the end zone. Ugh. Jim Ned defensive back Josh Kelso had three picks and eight touchdowns or eight tackles, and he ran for a touchdown. And finally, Weatherford running back Des Forrest. I got like six DMs about this. I know. <laughs> 289 yards rushing, five catches for 187 yards receiving, nine total touchdowns, and two two-point conversions. That is going to get him in the record books for scoring. I need to, I need to go through and, and update the record books. He's definitely top ten. He might yes. be top five. So those are your week one Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Mount Enterprise running back Kendra Miller, Sonora running back and linebacker Brock Ashenbeck, Lindsey quarterback Colt Shuckers, El Paso Hanks wide receiver Michael Blanco, Highland Park quarterback Chandler Morris, Rockwall wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba, Loretta United quarterback Wyo Huerta, Bridgeland wide receiver Dylan Goffney, Jim Ned defensive back Josh Kelso, and Weatherford defensive or running back rather, Des Force. Vote early, vote often, vote now at TexasFootball.com. There's one. There are three to go. There are three to go. This is why we break these up, guys. It's because yeah. it's a lot of talking. Hang in there. And I'm very good at talking. Yeah. Dave Campbell's Texas Football in partnership with Visit Fort Worth is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with this special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your week one, Visit Fort Worth Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Mike Glaze of Hurst L.D. Bell. After winning just one game in back-to-back seasons, Glaze and his staff quietly installed a new flexbone offense, relying on ball control and tough defense during the offseason. That change paid immediate dividends as the Blue Raiders, as Bell, stunned Plano East 27-21 in overtime to open the season on Thursday night, equaling their win total from the past two seasons. Glaze, a former offensive coordinator at Cedar Hill, showed his versatility and is playing his, to his team's strength with the flip to the old-school scheme. 
In 5A, Carlo Hine from Laredo, Cigarroa. The oh, Toros' hey, last win came on October 19, 2017. But Carlo Hine's squad made sure that streak wouldn't last any longer in the 2019 season as Cigarroa ended a 12-game losing streak with a season-opening 20-15 win over Zapata. The key in the win was a tough Toros defense that came up with big stops and timely turnovers that played a huge role in the win. In 4A, Finnis Vanover from Livingston. Finnis Vanover's Lions came into the season opener against Shepard as a heavy underdog. After all, Livingston was running a 17-game losing streak, and they fell to the Pirates 68-7 in the opener last year. The Lions showed just how far they've come in a year as they knocked off Shepard 32-29, showing that they have potential to be a major sleeper in 2019. That was written by Matt Stepp, by the way. And who, Matt, and, and who had them as a hipster pick. Yeah, he's a hipster pick, so oh, yeah. grain of salt there as yeah. far as the... the Viz Vanover certainly deserving of the award, yeah, but as far but as the editorializing... Uh, in 3A, Matt Schobel from Columbus. Local legend Matt Schobel and his Columbus Cardinals made quite the statement in Region 4 on Division 1 as the, with a 40-20 thumping of 8th-ranked goalie at Friday night. The game wasn't as close as the score indicated. Columbus dominated in every aspect and served notice in a wide-open 3A Division 1 that they are a force to be reckoned with. In 2A... Denny Faith of Albany. Oh, we thought Albany head coach Denny Faith would get win number 300 a year ago, but after an 0-5 start to start uh, for the year last year, the Lions wound up finding a game short of AT&T Stadium and getting their coach that milestone in a state semifinal loss to Groover. But Albany made sure Coach Faith didn't have to wait any longer, taking care of Colorado City 18-3 to put Denny Faith in rarefied air as with his 300th victory. Congratulations to Coach Faith. And in 1A, Joel Baker of Baird. Baird helped, or rather, uh, Baker helped sell the community that six-man football was the best direction for Baird, and then led the Bears to a dominant 57-12 win over Sands in their first-ever six-man game. What's more, Baker even let the big kids score some points, something they would never, likely never get the chance to do in 11-man ball. So those are your Week 1 Visit Fort Worth Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Mike Glaze of Hurst, LD Bell. In 5A, Carlo Hine of Laredo Cigaroa. In 4A, Finnis Vanover from Livingston. In 3A, Matt Schobel from Columbus. In 2A, Denny Faith from Albany, and in 1A, Joel Baker from Baird. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Two down. (laughs) Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one team from each public school classification with the Team of the Week Award. The schools selected throughout the course of this program have best exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 1 TexasFootball.com Teams of the Week. In 6A, Beaumont United. What a difference a year makes for the Timberwolves, who avenged last year's 55-21 season opening loss to Houston St. Pius in style, using a 39-point first half to soar past St. Pius, 53-6. In 5A, Frisco, Lebanon Trail, fueled by a balanced offensive attack and an opportunistic defense. The Trailblazers earned their second win in program history with a 43-18 upset of Fort Worth Southwest. In 4A, Tyler Chapel Hill. Jeff Reardon's debut as the head coach of the Bulldogs was a spectacular one, getting big performances from Kobe Coker, Tyson Berry, and Kalen Griffin to throttle Crandall, 42 to nothing. In 3A Wall, the Hawks made a statement on statewide television using a dominating defensive effort and terrific offensive line play to beat Mason 47-7, ending the Punchers' 38-game home winning streak. In 2A, Groveton, the Indians came out swinging as Cade Steubing threw for 203 yards and three touchdowns to score a 53-26 road victory over Lovelady. And in 1A, Dimebox, playing in its first football game in school history, the Longhorns brought home an historic 26-23 win over Belleville Faith 
on the road, no less. And so those are your week one TexasFootball.com teams of the week. In 6A, Beaumont United. In 5A, Frisco Lebanon Trail. In 4A, Tyler Chapel Hill. In 3A, Wall. In 2A, Groveton. And in 1A, Dimebox. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. <laughs> You're going to have to do some talking during the... Uh... <laughs> doing what? You're during the do campus crawl? The campus yeah. Crawl. yeah. I'm basically going to kick it to you. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Terry Max and Dave Campbell's <laughs> Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff will nominate four deserving assistant coaches across the state for the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week and let fans decide the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 1 Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees New Diana defensive coordinator Donovan King facing a high-powered Harmony attack. The Eagles' defense stood tall, stifling Harmony en route to a resounding 44-14 season opening victory. Corpus Christi Miller offense coordinator Davon Allen. The Buccaneers' offense was in midseason form in Week 1, ringing up 594 yards of total offense, led by 382 yards and 6 touchdowns passing from quarterback Andrew Bodie to soar to a 79-0 win over San Antonio Highlands. Tahoka offensive coordinator Justin Gorman, Malik Hamilton, accounted for four offensive touchdowns, averaging 31 yards per touch as the Bulldogs <laughs> dominated in a 76-0 win over Plains. And San Antonio MacArthur defensive coordinator Kevin Hurst. The Brahma's defense held San Antonio Marshall just 192 yards of total offense, earning their first shutout win since 2009, the 23-0 win over San Antonio Marshall. So those are your Week 1 Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. New Diana Defensive Coordinator Donovan King. Corpus Christi Offensive Coordinator Davon Allen. Tahoka Offensive Coordinator Justin Gorman. And San Antonio MacArthur Defensive Coordinator Kevin Hurst. Vote early. Vote often. Vote now on Twitter. At DCTF is where you can find it. You did it. Cool. This is why we split it up into two shows. Yeah. This is why we can never take days off. Yeah. No days off. No days off. With a Z on the D on the days. <laughs> we are Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at TCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Please consider becoming Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Uh, it, uh, the reason I talk so much is because I'm paid to do it and you can help pay my salary <laughs> texasfootball.com slash insider you also get great stuff two magazines a year worth of exclusive online content at texasfootball.com it's a great deal um, what's the next holiday uh, Veterans Day but we like that it? one Halloween How is it uh, dress up for a Dave Campbell's Texas Football sure. Insider okay. yeah. at texasfootball.com slash insider <laughs> yeah, okay. please do that Texas football, I don't know. and then okay. salute the troops salute the troops do it for the troops yeah do it for the troops. Do it for both. Is that, yeah. Is that sure? <laughs> sign of respect. Is that a sign of respect? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Press Y to pay respects. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> the joke for like six. Uh, yeah. Right. All right. It's time for a new segment. We call the campus crawl. Sure. Uh, the campus crawl. Every week, uh, we are going to go through the twelve FBS teams in the Lone Star State. We're going to give a quick roundup of what happened, what we're thinking about each team in the state. Um, basically, Shahan has more or less stolen the power pole, so we had to come up with our own more way to talk about college should football. should be his anyway. I was about to say more, you know. It's, you it's guys shut up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we were here first. <laughs> and so we were going through it. And each week, here's the bit. 
<laughs> Here's the bit. Well, at, like least, at least there's transparency. Look, if we're starting a segment, we're going to have a dumb bit. Okay. The dumb bit for this one is I'm going to find new and interesting ways to order these every week. Uh, okay. So in the first week, we're going to keep it very simple. Reverse alphabetical order. Sure. That's what we're going for. We will start with the UTSA Roadrunners. Mm -hmm. UTSA, in a game that we certainly had our eye on coming into coming into um, this week, UTSA goes out there and more or less, I mean, takes care of business? They, they yeah, I did not expect, I mean, I don't know, I hate to say like, oh, I expected this game to be close, but like, you know, there was always the chance that UTSA just runs away with it. You know, yes. FBS versus F FCS program, but... I, th Look, I don't know if it was us overrating UIW or us maybe. underrating potentially what UTSA could be based on what we saw last year. I think it's both. I mean, but like yeah. at the end of the day, too, it's like they're hinging everything on Frank Harris being good. And until you see him do it, you have right. to go, that Guys. seems like a bad idea. Guys. Right. But That's guess fair. what? It worked. Guys, He's awesome. <laughs> UTSA literally. I want to look at this. Did they have the worst offense in the nation last year? It was bottom three, I feel like. Yeah. UTSA was 129th in scoring offense last year. Okay? They were bad with a capital B. Mm -hmm. But, man, the pride of shirts Clemens showed out. Frank Harris was awesome in this game. 28-36, 206, three touchdowns, one pick, 15 carries for 123 yards on the ground, 8.2 yards a carry. He was insane. Guys, that will do. <laughs> and I know it's against an FCS team, but this was an important step. Yeah. If they are going to get back to respectability and basically f save Frank Wilson's job, mm -hmm. yeah. they had to look good. Also, by the way, Sincere McCormick, 12 carries, 74 yards. The freshman. Like <laughs> well, and, and you know what's funny is that this is maybe, I mean, and by the way, you know who their leading receiver was? Brendan Brady. There you go. Yeah, the, other, the other running back. You <laughs> want to talk about how we envision this program looking. San Antonio Stars. Yeah. yeah. Shirts Clemens. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Santa, uh, Converse Johnson. And Brendan Brady's from O'Connor? No, Steel. 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 Yeah. Steel. Yeah. Rashad Wisdom had a tackle for loss. Yes. Like he started as That's well. how like, it that's should look. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was maybe, you mentioned it mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the open. Maybe the most encouraging thing we saw all week was from UTSA. Oh, yeah. They looked great. Like now, because like... What do we have them like three wins, four yeah, wins in the I magazine? Three, like nine. So now, like okay, they're not probably Cusa contenders this no. year, but like five wins and maybe an upset win from a bowl. That's why. I need. Like yes, that's what that's, <laughs> that's what they are. They just had to look better because yeah. last year they looked pedestrian right. and they looked excellent week one. I know it's an FCS team. Still, still, that was very important. Next up, UTEP. We talked about them a little bit. Um, this was a a an altogether not very great game for UTEP. Um, obviously, look, there's a lot going on mm -hmm. there uh, with the with the tragedy that was there. Um, I would say that the defense is a concern. Mm -hmm. uh, they gave up uh, 413 yards to Houston Baptist. Now, Bailey Zappi can ball. Yeah. There. We're trying to He's talk a good about quarterback. But um, quarterback Brandon Jones, 268. Um, a couple big, big, big plays, which really buoyed that. Um including an 80-yard touchdown pass to Trayshawn Wolf. Uh, Trayvon Hughes looked good. Um, and you know who else looked good? Josh Fields. Josh yeah. Fields got seven carries for 61 yards. They are going to want to run the ball. They ran for 240. That's good. Defense has got to come along. Offense needs a little bit more consistency. But overall, a win's a win's a win, as we mentioned. And at UTEP, they're just looking for wins at this point. Mm -hmm. 
Next up, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Um, again, okay, I know it's Montana State. Okay, I know it's Montana State. But this team rolled up 691 yards total offense. They got a razor-sharp performance from Alan Bowman. They've got Jackson Tyner in the game. They're right yeah. transfer. Um, they may have found some running uh, some running backs mm-hmm. in Tazan Henry and Armand Shane. Armand Shane was a really nice, uh, really nice piece of that. And Sir Roger Thomas had two, or Thompson had two run, rushes. Um, how many? One, two, 13 different receivers caught a ball. I Something mean, like it was yeah. crazy. Everyone caught a ball. Xavier White, TJ Xavier White was our leading receiver. Yeah. T.J. Vasher, Dalton Rigdon, Sir Roderick Thompson, McLean Mannix, Eric Nzukanma, Dante Thompson. They were razor sharp. Defense, mostly great. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they looked, you know, I think they basically gave up like one drive. Um, they looked really good. Overall, I think if you're Tech, if you're Matt Wells, you say mission accomplished, on to the next one. Um, let's go take care of business this week. Uh, but but overall, I thought that I thought there was a lot to, to, to really feel good about if you're Texas Tech. Sure. Texas State. We go to our chief Texas State correspondent. <laughs> I mean, I, I put this I put this out on Twitter where you know where I said, I wonder how Camp had to have gone mm-hmm. for the quarterback outcome to be what it was, which was Tyler Vitt starting, and Gresham and I believe came in the second quarter mm-hmm. or halftime. I can't remember exactly when he came in, but um, to where it was like, okay, Gresham didn't play great, but still clearly looked like the bet, better quarterback. Uh, me and Max talked about it to where I could definitely see if it was, you know, Jake Spavadol, he's new coach coming in. He realizes this young kid, Tyler Vitt, has the locker room, right? He galvanizes mm-hmm. the locker room. They love playing for him. He's a gamer in practice. And he, by all accounts, he did look good in practice. Um, but it was – I wonder if they kind of – if he kind of gave him the green light to be like, look, let's give them their guy, right? It's A&M. Mm-hmm. We're not going to win. Let's give him the guy the locker room wants to play hard for. And if it goes bad, all right, now it's time for Gresh Jensen. Yeah. And that's more or less what happened. I mean, like, Gresh Jensen didn't play great again, but he looked better than Tyler Vitt. Tyler Vitt, I don't know if it was spotlight was too big or just something well, happened when things didn't go exactly right. He didn't make the right play. He didn't, I don't know, even on pedestrian plays, like he, there was a route that he hit a receiver in the face mask, like on a third down and short yeah. over crossing over the middle. And, yeah. I don't know. Defense looked fine. Defense I mean, looked fine. Defense I thought, got, I, thought the, fine. I thought the pass rush looked good. Yeah, pass rush looked good. Right. They got to Kellamont. Like Kellamont took a lot of hits. Defense. For a guy who defense <laughs> looked pretty good. Um, if you are, uh, I'll go a step further. I mean, the quarterback. Uh, you're on the road against an SEC team, but it's the 12th best team in the country. Okay, right, exactly. Well, don't, don't, oh, here's, here's, don't the, panic here's the other thing. Last year, this was against Rutgers. Yes. Like, <laughs> if you want to yes. trade those two teams, okay, yes. sure. That's like, a this, great point. This almost, it was almost the exact same scoreline. It was right. 35-7 against Rutgers last year. So. Okay, and, and it's Rutgers. Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry, Alicia Hogue. Here's here's the number one thing for me though. If I'm concerned about Texas State, uh, running game, 15 mm-hmm. carries, eight yards. And yeah, I know Spav's a passing guy. That's but, fair. You need balance. I mean, you got a guy in Anthony Taylor that I feel like can be the guy, but they could not get him going. Now, mm-hmm. look, you're again, you're on the road against the number 12 team in the country. But right. I would have liked to see the offense look a little better. Defense again. I, I think defense encouraging. Speaking of which, Texas A&M will stay in this game. Yep. Um, good. Good. Not great. Good. I will say who did look great was Kellen Mond. K- 
Kellen Mond. Kellen looked, Mond looked really good. The numbers don't overwhelm you, right. but he looked more comfortable in the offense. There were two throws in particular that made me kind of say, "Wow!" One of them was when in the back of the end zone there was a drop, yes. but it was in double coverage, right in the bread basket. The and other one was Corbin. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then the other one was I think down at the one or yeah. something where it was like a back shoulder, th- not a fade, but a back shoulder throw, and like he got one foot in, but it was like that perfect spot where only the receiver can get it. And I was like, okay, he wasn't making those two years ago. Um, yeah, it was a great throw. Yeah. He he made some great throws. Um, they also got him out of the game mm-hmm. basically. Right. Um, the, the numbers don't overwhelm you. The they didn't you know, th- but they did what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, small concerns. Mm-hmm. Offensive line might be a problem. Sure. I think the offensive line might be a problem. Sure. Um, but they were able to run the well, ball. We will find out against that Clemson We will front, find out. God. Yes. <laughs> that is the big cool. thing. Is is the Clemson front's from coming, but the, the offense, I mean, the, the offense overall, I mean, again, what do you want to say? Uh, right. It was A&M went out there and they took care of business. The, my opinion on them has not changed. I still think they are an excellent team that is a pretty sizable underdog to maybe the best team in the country this week. Mm-hmm. Texas. Um, Again, I would say... Good. Yeah. Um, some of the concerns I some of the concerns I had going into the game were, and they kind of I mean they kind of solved it was running options outside of Sam Ellinger. Yeah. Right now that's now they gonna got get eight, cut they got, in half again because now Jordan Whittington. Yeah, out. Jordan Whittington's um, out. But they were able to throw the ball. But Ingram, um, um, Keontae Ingram looked yeah. good. But they were um, able to throw the ball. I think that was the most impressive thing. They were able to throw the ball. Ellinger looked real sharp. Yeah, real sharp. He mm-hmm. looked really good. Um, but they were able to, and, and they didn't, you know, they didn't make him take too many unnecessary hits. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like the, that was the first game where, like, it was. I don't know if Herman told him something, but it's like, hey, try not to run. Yeah, like at all. Like he only had eight carries. Um, yeah, he only had eight carries. I'm curious of how many of those were designed and how many of those were just maybe pocket broke breaks now, down. But now look, like a lot, it looked like he had a. He, he made a concernable effort yeah. to like i'm not gonna run i'm gonna look for my second third options defense you know we we thought that the secondary was going to be really really good yeah. they were a little dicey at times jamar mm-hmm. smith threw for 331 and two mm-hmm. touchdowns um and they gave up a couple long drives this game should have been closer i believe louisiana tech missed louisiana tech missed like three field goals mm-hmm. something like that um so I mean, LaTeX is good though. Like LaTeX is not a bad. good program. Yeah, so. they're not bad, but I think, I overall, think, overall, like I said, I would, I would. This is going to drive people nuts. I would say the same thing about A and M and Texas, right. which is good. Right. They look good, but I'll say like not amazing. LaTeX was a perfect gauge, a perfect barometer for Texas because yes. they're not bad enough to where you can't take anything from the game, mm-hmm. and they're not good enough to where you should be really worried if things are close. Like yes. they're good enough to be like, okay, that's a competitive game. I uh, so. yes, that's an excellent way to put it. Okay. By the way, they get LSU this week. Yeah. So, <laughs> here we go. So, we'll see. We will see. TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, wherefore, art thou Matthew Baldwin? Mm. Um, well, he is, now, he is again, he's coming. Yeah. And again, to go back to the UTSA thing, you're hinging everything on yeah. a guy you don't actually know is good. Yeah, that's true. He might Matthew be. Baldwin. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's like you've never seen him play in college. Right. Like, he right. was good in high school, but again, it's just like with UTSA. Does it work out the same way? Mm-hmm. I hope so for his sake, because it's a hell of a lot of pressure for a guy who t- hasn't taken any college snaps. Here's right. here's the positives, okay? As we probably thought it was going to be the case, mm-hmm. defense, fine. Pretty darn good. Fine. I think they're going to be fine. Who could have predicted? Who could have predicted that? Um, Not encouraged by the offense. <laughs> nope. Uh, Keep hey, in mind, uh, Pine hey, not good. Actually, they're really good at field goals. Very good at field goals. 
Very good at field goals. Keep in mind, Pine Bluff is not a good swag school. No, they are not. Um, look, Jalen Rager's that dude. Sure. He's going to be that dude. Mm-hmm. But they, I mean, they, they cycled through. They basically started Max Duggan in the first half and Alex Dalton in the second. Or re- reverse that. Reverse, reverse that. Reverse Alex Dalton yeah. in the first half, Max Duggan in the second half. Yeah. Both of them looked... Yeah. I mean, they, they the offense looked like it was missing a spark, basically, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we said about all last year. I've still got major concerns. Matthew Baldwin's now eligible. Um, ne- this week, they play who... They play. You're listening to live coverage of me looking up who TCU plays. Do they have the week off? Yeah, they do. They have yeah. the week off. Right. Well, good. They, they can get, get Matthew Baldwin up to, up to speed before they go yeah. to Purdue. Um, <laughs> but you know, the the good thing is they get to kind of ease in the season. Although they play SMU, who we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but then they get KU, um, and then they play at Iowa State, who suddenly doesn't look as formidable. Yeah, they never look good the first few weeks. They'll watch. They'll go lose to Iowa now whoosh. too. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. Of course Somehow. they will. Yeah, they're gonna it's, go lose to Iowa. Of course they will. Then, it's El Asico. and ever, everyone will be like, well, "Oh man, I, I would say something good," and all of a sudden they'll win eight games somehow. I don't even know. SMU. Um, I, 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 I wish, did not watch a single. Season. I wish you guys. <laughs> I did. I wish you guys. I watched the opening part and it was bad. <laughs> I wish you guys could have been in our Slack, and I mean that to the to the viewers and the listeners, yeah. mm-hmm. because it was basically like, basically some sort of version of SMU the meatloaf. <laughs> It was bad. That first half looked bad. Oh, man. Looked real bad. They, they walk out on the field. Shane Bouchelle, first drive ever. Pick. <laughs> Take to the house. And you're like, oh, oh no. no. It's Ben Hicks all over again. But <laughs> they settled in. They settled yeah. in. Yeah. Shane Bouchelle did not throw for a touchdown, but his numbers were pretty good. Yeah. Um, they've got some running game. We'll come on Freeman and Xavier Jones. Reggie Roberson went nuts. Yeah. 11 yep. catch for 180 yards. We, we didn't necessarily see that coming. And the defense came up with big stops. The defense, uh, I believe, came up with three three intercept or three turnovers. Arkansas State's not lunch meat, guys. Playing with a lot of emotion. Playing with a lot of yeah. emotion. That is a, I think that's a solid win on the road. Uh, that's good stuff from SMU. I was impressed by them. By the way, do you see their favorite against North Texas this week? Four-point favorites. Oh, baby. Four-point favorites. Get excited. We'll have is to check, we'll have to check on free money on it's Thursday. It's at SMU, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's at SMU. Yeah, because they played last year at Apogee. Yeah. Okay. So, Man, that's oh, interesting. So interesting. Rice. We already talked about them, yeah. but I want to hit them on again. Sure. Um, look, I'm, I'm not saying it's all sunshine and daffodils for the, for, the, um, uh, for the Owls because, look, they only scored seven points. But I thought... That was about as good as you could reasonably expect from them. Mm-hmm. The defense looked spectacular. Really, really good. Uh, held Army under 300 yards. Now, and by the way, maybe they got a running back in, in Nashawn Ellerby. He went for 103 yards. Quarterback continues to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Wiley Green. And the thing is, I don't I know if... I, I think he might be the best on the I, roster. That's the problem. I think that's... I think the Wiley is Green is... That the, the guy, the like, passing game's just not there. Right. And um, look, it was it was overall again excellent. Mm-hmm. Defense looked great. Defense looked really good. Want to see what they do against Wake, against a different style of offense. But this was a very I thought overall excellent for Rice. Got to get that offense going though. And yep. again, that was the problem last year too. Is like they just couldn't get that offense going. So uh, Rice, North Texas. Um, I watched zero minutes of this game. Mm-hmm. That is the the God's honest truth of the matter. Uh, we've got it on out there. That, uh, I'm, I'm rewatching it now. Um, this is a game that is uh, not, uh, from what I understand, the the scoreline is not uh, reflective of how the game actually went. A lot of garbage time. A lot of garbage time. 
Um, this game was 31 nothing uh, at the what time in, at, in the first quarter or the <laughs> at, 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 with late in the first half mm-hmm. and then 38 uh, seven or 38 seven. This was a dominant effort from the offense. The offense looked scary good, and then they took and then they took their foot off the gas. Um, Jason Bean from Mansfield Lakers got a little bit of run in this game. Um, I mean, look. It's what we thought. We, we were a little bit worried about who the receiving options were going to be for, for uh, North Texas. Uh, not anymore. Rico Bussey was great. Jason Pirtle was great. Jalen Darden was great. I mean, yes, this, this team's going to be fine offensively. Yep. Defense. I want to see you play a full game. That would be nice. But, look, I also think ACU's going to score. Mm-hmm. I think Albany Christian's a pretty good offensive team. Luke Anthony, I think, underrated. And uh, Billy, Billy Ray McCrary, I think, is really impressive as well. He's from the Houston area, is that right? Sure. I want to say that. <laughs> Anyway, um, North Texas 1-0, and they play SMU this week in a big game. Houston. Mm. I watched almost all this game because there was nothing else on on Sunday. Yep. And I also like watching Houston play, and I was interested in seeing Dana Holgerson. Uh, let's let's be positive for a moment. Mm-hmm. I think once they let Derek King run, things opened up. Mm-hmm. Mulba Carr had a nice game. Mm-hmm. Um, Marquez Stevenson is going to play on Sundays. He's mm-hmm. a really good receiver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really good. Um, and they did not embarrass themselves, I would say, on national TV against Oklahoma, against the fourth red team in the country on the road. So now let's get to the bad. And the bad is that... Um, Jalen Hurts catapulted himself to the front of the Heisman race. <laughs> is that all of the fears that we had about that Houston defense were more or less yeah. realized in one game. Yeah. I want to be clear that Oklahoma is going to make a lot of defenses look really bad mm-hmm. this week, this year. That D, that offense is going to hum, but the secondary looked bad, like real bad. Mm-hmm. They are actually right now the worst offensive or worst defensive team in the country. Um, this this is not a good look for the defense, and I think that's the, the here's the, here's put it aside the defense because mm-hmm. again we're going to say the defense was not good. Spoiler: the right. defense was not good. If you want a more concerning thing, Dear King's accuracy was not deep good. Throws was really bad. Anything past about fifteen yards, it was not good. Was really concerning. He was missing guys, and not by a little. Mm. He was missing guys. Air mailing exactly. Like if you take that uh, that hail mary attempt by Justin Herbert in the Auburn game, yes, and just multiply that by like four more times, <laughs> that was that was basically his deep shot. Basically completed fifty percent of his passes, fourteen yeah. of twenty seven, one hundred sixty seven yards and two touchdowns. Um, and the other here's what's concerning is that I don't think Oklahoma Oklahoma's defense looked better than last looked, year, but they got like what three three and outs or something like they're that. They're fine. It was, like, it was okay. It was fine, yeah. but like man, I just did not think. I was. I'm very concerned about about his ability to hit. Now maybe it was he was amped up. It's game right. one. I'm not. I'm not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm curious. I, th- I was reading. I think it was Chris Vanini from the Athletic that kind of threw out the comparison of like, are we seeing him get Khalil Tated a little bit by? Uh, I mean, we've been talking co- about a coach him a who lot. we know knows quarterbacks, mm-hmm. might just might not be a fit with him. Yeah. Right? It's. I mean, it was. It was not. Not super encouraging from Dear King the passer. Mm-hmm. Dear King the runner. It's fine. Great, hundred yards. Yeah. He was really good, uh, but Dear King, the passer, was concerning. They did run for two forty one, which is, I think, very good. But um, it's not. That's not something that Dana no. wants to really. No. Hinge his and now, by the way, do they get Wazoo this week, or they get, no? They get Prairie View. So yeah. they'll get right against Prairie View, but then they will. Um, but then they get Washington State, and okay, mm-hmm. better get going because <laughs> if your defense can't stop Oklahoma, Wazoo's going to score too. Okay. Finally, we start with we end with Baylor because again we went reverse. 
alphabetical order. Um, look, they they looked they looked the part. Um, they came out guns blazing. They looked really good. Um, I thought Charlie Brewer was exceptionally um, efficient. Mm-hmm. I thought John Lovett. Uh, the running game looked good. This was a team that looked like put 518 yards total offense. Um, defense overall pretty darn good. Gave up basically one drive in non-garbage time. Um, I thought they looked pretty good overall. Um, overall, I'm pretty I'm pretty pretty bullish on what we saw from Baylor. There's yeah, no that, that nothing really that, stood that, up that more or less or... yeah more or less it kind of conf- confirms what I thought was going to be what we were going to see from from Baylor. Sure. They looked good. Mm-hmm. They looked like a team that could be a sleeper. Um, yeah, so I'm very uh, – I think overall, good start. I will uh, say this weekend against UTSA gets a little more interesting. Now it that, does. You know, I still expect them to win comfortably, mm-hmm. but you never know now. By the way, did you guys see who the leading rusher for um, Stephen F. Austin was? One of my all-time favorite high school football players, Thomas Hutchings. Oh, from from Cedar, Cedar Park. Park. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. leading rush. He ran for 68 yards. So yeah. shout out to you, Thomas Hutchings. All right. Uh, anyway, Baylor looked good. No, I mean, kind of no opinion. Like, it's, right. it yeah. just kind of kind of like confirmed everything that we thought. Yep. Uh, let's see what happens against UTSA, mm-hmm. which now looks like a better test than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, if they come out and they look as good against UTSA, that's very positive. There you go. So yeah. that is your week one campus crawl. <sighs> we did it. Okay. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Uh, man, there's a lot going on in here. Who's uh, mad at me? No one. <laughs> uh, no, no one's mad. Uh, there's a couple people that disagree with Alito, but they're TFTers and they understand. Like they're um, they're not yeah. being unreasonable. Look, here's here's where I'm at on it, and we talked yeah. about it in the Slack chat this weekend yeah. as we were doing as we were doing rankings. Um, that Alito obviously at 0 and one. It, it's not a great look, but and the defense, by the way, giving up sixty points. And I know Denton Geyer's got Eli Stowers and all those guys, but you shouldn't give up sixty points. That said, look, this is a six A team. Uh, it's a ranked six A team, and they lost by three. They were basically thrown into the end zone as the game ended. Yeah, um, it all makes sense. I, I, I here's what I'll say: the gap between the gap between Alito and the field we thought was pretty wide to start the year. Mm-hmm. We thought it was Alito and then a gap and then everybody else. That gap has narrowed significantly. And I think Fort Ben Marshall looked good against a team they overmatched in Aldi Eisenhower. I thought Corpus Christi at Cal Allen looked good against a team they overmatched in San Benito. But I'm not willing to jump in and say either of those teams are better than Alito right now. Just my thought. Um, and again... It's me, it's us being more cautious than anything mm-hmm. on one data point uh, and trying to take everything into account. Now, look, Alito plays a team. They play a team from Mexico this week. Is that right? Um, one I got of those pulled games. Up. Huh? Uh, yeah, they play a team from Mexico. Um, if they don't come out and just absolutely throttle them, yeah. then we start. Con- if that defense gives up 30 to this Mexican team, then we're going to start to get concerned. But right now, no, I don't know. By the way, the computer rankings... Uh, did not move for the top three. No. Uh, one Alito, two Fort Pin Marshall, and three Corpus Christi Cal Allen. So yeah. the computer's not overreacting. We're not overreacting. I want more data points yeah. um, before I'm willing to, to jump off the Alito bandwagon. The nice mm-hmm. thing with the rankings is you have a chance to explain it on this show, show a little transparency, yes. and I think people appreciate that. By the way, I don't know if you started looking at projections for next week. I do. Have mm-hmm. you looked at the Katie Atascacita projection? I have. No. Because that's intriguing. Uh, should we give it away? 
I'll, I'll just say this. I, I, I'm happy to because there are, there are 700 other games. Sure. Hi. If you guys, uh, if yeah. I tell you this, everyone listening, if I tell you this, <laughs> do you promise to come to Dave Campbell's Text Football yeah, Insider right? and look at the rest yeah. of them? Yeah. Please? Yeah. Uh, a task exceeded by four. Yeah. Uh, the computer loved what a task exceeded did last yeah. week. They jumped from nine to one yeah. in the computer rankings. Yeah. Um, so, so get ready yeah. for that one, y'all. That <laughs> That's going to be, be a fun. good game. And they looked, they looked the part. They looked yeah. apart, the and there's nothing. And and we, but so did Katie, man. Mm-hmm. Katie, we, we were wondering who that who the running back was going to be. Was it Ronald Hoff? Is that Hoff. his name? Yeah, yeah. Hoff, the Hoff. Uh, yeah, uh, he looked good. Was, and yeah. and when when you add in Bronson McClelland, that game's going to yeah. be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Might be a spotlight game. I, on. Yeah, my only thing with with the whole Katie game was just like they were really fired up afterwards. Which okay, but like you're probably going to have to do that again. So yeah. maybe calm well, down a little bit. Maybe calm down just uh, a little bit. Yes and no. I agree with what you're saying, <laughs> but I will say that you want to talk about a team that was personally victimized by Oh, Northern. no, no, for sure. This was this – That was, was a – did you see the post-game interview? This was catharsis. Did you yeah. see the post-game interview with Bronson yeah, McClellan? Oh he was like God, screaming he was, into he the was, microphone. He's screaming into the microphone! <laughs> We're sorry! <laughs> yeah, it was great. I love that passion. I love yeah. that passion. Yeah. Um, he was fired up. It very clearly meant a lot to them to beat them. Yeah. And 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 maybe that is the monkey off the back moment. Maybe. Uh, I will just say this: I'm not jumping off the ba- North Shore bandwagon. Nah. Um, I I will say that, especially without Shadrick Banks, if he comes back, then that that's a game changer to me. Uh, the winner of a task seat and Katie, I'm willing to consider as the chief challenger. Yeah. To and if you're by the way, if you're North Shore, I think you're rooting for Katie because then that because then if you have to navigate one team that's that that may that's able to beat you, yeah. that's one thing. Yeah. If suddenly those teams double and it's Katie and a task CD you got to deal with, problematic. So if you're yeah. North Shore, I think you're rooting for Katie. Large number of people were uh, very disturbed by the fact that we did not know what the next holiday was. If you are willing to go down the road of the flag Colum- day, it's Columbus Day, which <laughs> who cares? <laughs> that ain't a real one. <laughs> so Halloween <laughs> is the winner. And I will admit, <laughs> kind of weird that I didn't think of Halloween first, but I think I get the, the Veterans Day show has just become like a benchmark in the show brain. Max sure. just loves the troops. I wouldn't go. I mean, eh, you know, <laughs> I like Max I, is lukewarm on the troops. I like <laughs> I like some troops, specifically the two troops that come in here for that show. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just kind of funny. People were like, "How do you not know what the next holiday is?" Sorry, guys. Sorry, I don't know. Columbus football season. Anyway, that it. Yeah. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Max Thompson and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tapper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.